A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I know that good does not dwell in me, that is, in my flesh. The willing is ready at hand, but doing the good is not. For I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So then, I discover the principle that when I want to do right, evil is at hand. For I take delight in the law of God in my inner self, but I see in my members another principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Miserable one that I am, who will deliver me from this mortal body? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Lord, teach me your statutes. Teach me wisdom and knowledge, for in your commands I trust. You are good and bountiful. Teach me your statutes. Let your kindness comfort me according to your promise to your servants. Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Never will I forget your precepts, for through them you give me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucum. Jesus said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it is going to rain, and so it does. 
and when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot, and so it is. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before the magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. Verbum Domini. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is declared today, Friday, October 27th, to be a day of fasting, prayer, and penance, specifically for peace in the world. And this World Day of Prayer for Peace is particularly in light of the ongoing conflict and war between Israel and Hamas. EWTN will be televising an hour of prayer to implore peace in our time and in the world that Pope Francis will preside over at St. Peter's Square, and that'll be at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. And so we're all called to prayerfully participate in this World Day of Prayer for Peace, um, in this day of fasting and penance as well as we're able to. But in this month of the Rosary, we're also reminded of the powerful effect of that particular prayer of the Holy Rosary, um, especially in light of what Our Lady called for. She asked us to pray the Rosary every day for peace in the world. And now in our first reading today from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he speaks of an inner conflict, which we're all well aware of in our own human experience. It's a division or a pull within us between two opposing forces. And St. Paul describes them or speaks of them as the law of God and the law of sin. It's part of our human experience that good and holy desires are often frustrated by our human weakness. St. Paul says that his mind or his inner self wants and desires to serve God and to keep his commandments. But his members have these powerful, restless cravings for sin, which results in a war or a conflict that he was experiencing within himself. And he expresses this very well when he says, I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. And so while not giving in to despair, he is clearly expressing his frustration and communicating his distress, saying, miserable one that I am, who will deliver me from this mortal body? And perhaps we've had similar sentiments at times when we're frustrated by our own weaknesses or we have a predominant sin or fault in our lives. It seems we can't get over with the help of God's grace. But St. Paul is very much well aware of our fallen and our wounded human condition and our concupiscence or that tendency towards sin but he's not hopeless. So he's distressed and he's conflicted, but he's not hopeless. Because once he asks, who will deliver me? Who will deliver me from this mortal body? He immediately answers the question, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is our savior, right? Who delivers us from the power of sin and death. 
So St. Paul clearly lays out the problem, and then he presents the solution. Now, when we were baptized and when we were cleansed of original sin and any personal sin, if we were baptized after we reached the age of reason, we did receive God's divine dwelling within us. The Holy Trinity came to dwell in our souls. But we were not taken, we were not removed from that tendency to sin. Our weak, fallen human condition was not taken away. We still have to struggle with the help of God's grace against our inclination to sin. But this is a means to holiness. This is a means to virtue. Now, in light of today's passage from St. Paul, two errors should be avoided. One is to deny our free will and that it is possible with God's grace to keep the commandments. Because one could read this and say, well, the cravings are so strong, they overpower me. (laughs) Like, I have no responsibility for it. And second is the error of trying to justify our sins by exactly blaming and doing just that, blaming our concupiscence or blaming the devil for the sin rather than ourselves. So no matter how strong or overpowering a temptation might seem, I'm not sinning unless I consent to it, right? So that we have to keep that distinction. So we have to understand correctly what St. Paul means when he says, now, If I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So one could easily misunderstand that to try to free themselves from blame for their sins. So it's very important to keep in mind the distinction that St. Paul made earlier between his mind or his inner self and then his members. Again, so in order for us to commit sin, we have to give our consent to the sin. Our will has to be engaged. So while there might be strong cravings or desires within us at times to do something sinful, we have not sinned unless we give our consent and our will to it. In other words, the presence of a temptation does not mean that we have sinned, no matter how bad the temptation makes us feel. I think that's what St. Paul was certainly expressing in the reading today, that sometimes temptation can make us feel terrible, but unless we consent to it, we haven't sinned, we haven't offended God, and it hasn't harmed our soul. And God will give us the grace to overcome temptation. St. Paul would also say clearly in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13, that God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Again, no matter how strong the temptation is, God will give us the grace to overcome it. We know that on our own, we are powerless, and we cannot overcome any temptation. We cannot rise above our fallen human condition, but God's grace does strengthen us, especially in the spiritual battle that we're engaged in. And as St. Paul concluded, we also give thanks to God through our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for the gift of the sacrament of confession, in which we can frequently receive his mercy his grace, and his strength as we continue on our journey throughout this life. And in our gospel today, our Lord, he tells the crowd that while they're able to interpret weather patterns, right, whether it's a rain cloud coming from the west, the Mediterranean Sea, or a heat wave coming from the south where the desert was, that while they can see these visible signs and know what it means, he said you're missing the point of what's right in front of you in the present time. Their Savior, God made flesh, was right in their midst, the Messiah. And they ignored him. They hardened their hearts. 
toward what was right in front of them. They hardened their hearts to the call, the invitation that he was given them to repent. The Lord also uses the image of a courtroom involving a case of debt. And the lesson for us is not to waste time, but to settle our case while we still have the time on this journey, on our way to court. In other words, we're to repent of our sins and to make reparation for our sins now while we're still on this journey before we meet the judge, before we meet Christ at the moment of our death. It's much better to strive for a life of prayer, penance, reparation now, striving for holiness, than to be thrown into prison where we won't be released without paying the last penny, as our Lord said. And this has often been referred to giving us a good image of purgatory, right? If one dies in a state of grace, but there's still um, attachments to sin that need to be made up for, that's where that happens. So it's good, as we know, the church teaches to, to work that out now, right? Cooperate with God's grace now, to work on conversion now. So we pray today for peace in the world and that we might make the best use of our time to root out our sins and our faults with God's grace while there is still time for conversion. And that while the crowds in the gospel today did not recognize Christ, their Savior, in their midst, we pray that we might open our hearts to hear his voice, to hear his words, and allow them into our hearts to change our hearts, to conform our hearts and our wills to be more like his own.